You're listening to the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast, where we focus on taking your passion and turning it into your profits. Join us for interviews with business experts, industry influencers, and more. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation People and Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and I am super excited for this episode today. But before we get into it, please make sure you head over to the NG Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Facebook group and you ask to join that group if you are a gym owner. If you're not a gym owner or you're a future gym owner, you can still join some of our groups. Uh, You also can always head over to our website, nextgenowners.com, and you can subscribe to our blogs for all of the great content that Daniela is sending out uh, throughout the week that's going to help you grow your business or help you help your owner grow their business. So we have tons of great resources for you. Make sure you take advantage of those. And lastly, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you love this episode, leave us a five-star review. Uh, It helps get our podcast in front of more listeners just like you who can benefit from all the great content that we have. All right. So I mentioned I was excited for this episode and I legitimately am. If you're watching the video, you can see I have a smile on my face. I'm ready to go. And that's because I am going to be talking a little bit of a hot button topic here. I'm going to maybe say some things and I'm actually going to tell you something that I would be willing to bet that no one has ever said to you as an owner before. So you saw the title, do not pay one more cent in staff training until you have listened to this entire episode. Don't do it. So is staff training important? Yeah, it absolutely is. But why are we as gym owners more likely to pay $5,000 to bring a coach out to our gym and give two days of training on tumbling technique, but we're unwilling to spend money on training ourselves to make us better business owners? Why is it that we prioritize the staff training versus the training for ourselves and our managers to be better business owners and business runners? within our company. So there are really three key topics. You know, I like to break things down into threes here and key things that we're going to talk through. So number one is having the staff that can teach the most advanced skills in the world is not actually a major revenue ad. Number two, you most likely were just like me and were a coach before you were an owner and you had no advanced business ownership training. And number three, your return on investment into training as an owner will be exponentially larger than your return on investment on advanced training for your staff. So why did I I want to talk about this, right? So I, I talk to people about staffing all the time. In fact, that's one of, if you've listened to other episodes, it's one of the hot button topics for owners is getting great staff. And then how do I train my staff? How do I teach my staff? How can I make them better? And we spend a lot of time and a lot of energy investing in our staff. And do I think it is worthwhile? Yes, I do. But on the flip side, I see the same people not willing to invest in themselves. And as someone who spends their time coaching owners, I think it is really challenging 
and, and frustrating sometimes to talk to people who are unwilling to invest money in making themselves better owners. But they're on the flip side, 100% willing to invest money into making their coaches more skilled coaches and able to coach a little bit better. They're willing to spend buku dollars to send them to conferences and other events, which I'm not saying conferences are bad. In fact, I'm going to say the opposite here later, but to send them to conferences to learn all of the latest and greatest stunt technique from the world champions and the best people out there to teach double ups and the newest inversion and a Diomedov and all these different things. And they'll spend all this money to send them to learn how to do that or learn a new uh, tumbling drill or spotting technique, but they're unwilling to spend that money on themselves. And I just wanted to kind of break down the reasons why that doesn't make sense and why you need to be investing in yourself as an owner. So yes, I'm telling you the answer early, but I want you to listen to the whole episode because I think there's going to be some things I say if you're an owner that are going to resonate with you and help you really understand why this is so important to take this opportunity to invest in your future as an owner. So number one, advanced skills. So having having the staff that can teach the most advanced skills in the world is not a major revenue ad. That's That's topic one, all right? Advanced skills are awesome. They are, they are phenomenal. It is great to have that coach in your gym who can spot a double full, who can coach an Arabian, who can teach a standing full, who can teach the most advanced stunting. All that stuff is amazing. It's great to have. It lends credibility to your program. It shows you know what you're doing and it shows you have great quality coaches. All that stuff is awesome. But your target demographic for those skills is actually really, 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 really small, infinitesimally small in comparison to the scope of the cheerleading world. There are far more, in fact, massively more not talented athletes or less than talented teams that want great coaching, want good coaching, than there are talented athletes that need really, really talented, really, really experienced coaches that are capable of teaching them that full and a half through to double full punch back, round up back handspring, kick double, right? That there are, that's a smaller demographic. Now, hopefully those people can coach down to the lowest level as well, but that doesn't mean that those two things always correlate. And in fact, I, I often tell my my camp staff this because I cater to everyone who wants to learn. In fact, I mentioned before how busy I am. I'm in the midst of kind of my choreography run. Now, I do choreography for local high school teams. I do choreography for youth uh, competitive teams. I do choreography for all-star teams that want to have me out. And I'm a, I'm a bargain. I'm a relatively affordable choreographer. And I have a number of clients that hire me that are not the best programs. They are not super elite. Some of them are really talented and some of them are not. I have teams that have won state. I have teams that have definitely not. I have teams that have placed towards the bottom. And I'm okay with that. I am okay with not always working with the most talented people because the money from the people who are not as talented is the same amount of money that I get from the really talented people. 
And I say, I tell this to my camp staff as well, because they come and they get a little frustrated sometimes, you know, they're, they get their fifth rotation of the day working with teams and only building preps and athletes that don't know how to do these skills. And these are elite level coaches and elite level athletes who are coaching these skills to these athletes that are not elite. And it can get a little bit boring. It can get a little bit tiresome sometimes, but those people are paying to learn. And and there are way more of those people who want how to learn than really, really advanced people that are looking for help on how to learn. So you need to be willing to cater to those individuals. And oftentimes coaches with the most pedigree and the most advanced skills will sometimes be a little bit snobbish towards that and believe they are above coaching those basic uh, groups, those beginners, those uh, people who are just getting started because they've spent a lot of time becoming the elite and it's not as fun to coach people how to do a forward roll and how to do a cartwheel and how to do a round off correctly. But there are way more people that don't know how to do a forward roll and don't know how to do a cartwheel than there are who need to learn how to do a double full. So just keeping that in mind, the advanced skills are not really where the revenue comes in. Where the revenue comes in is from the lower levels, the beginners, the three to six-year-olds. I was just talking to a client not an hour ago talking about how there's this huge demand for three to six-year-olds and they started a cheernastics class and it got them 11 more trial members in a couple weeks just by starting this new class of really young athletes that parents wanted them to have this opportunity to learn this. And it was huge for them. And that's super, super exciting. And it's being willing to work with those lower levels that made the difference, not the ability to coach the most advanced stuff. So that lower levels instruction, that is stuff that should be handled in uh, your onboarding system, right? And that is a initial onboarding training that you're covering. And so I'm not saying that staff training is not important in terms of onboarding. Uh, you absolutely need to have a robust training system before you release coaches into the wild to coach on their own. But having advanced additional follow-on training, while important, should not be prioritized over you being trained as an owner. So almost all of us started out as coaches first. That's how the majority of us get into being gym owners, is we are coaches in some facet and we decide through some course of events that we want to own our gym. Some of us went into it going, I want to be a gym owner someday. That is my ultimate goal. That actually never was one of mine. I just wanted to coach. I started coaching in college um, because one of my college cheer buddies said, hey, I'm teaching a tumbling class. You're a really great tumbler. Do you want to come help teach tumbling? And I went and started helping teaching tumbling at the gym that I coached at throughout college. And when we started, we literally had three panels in a probably 800 square foot, basically closet that we were teaching tumbling to these kids in. And they had like a couple little itty bitty teams lead it all the way up to by the time I left college, we had a building with two full floors and a tumble track and five different teams. Like we're doing really, really well. And I just kept coaching because I loved it. I loved coaching. I moved to coaching teams and coaching tumbling classes and I just loved coaching. And coached all the way up to and through my deployment. And it was when I came home that I had the opportunity um, for my wife and I to buy the gym. And uh, we felt that we could improve on some things and wanted to ensure that the gym continued because the previous owner was not really 
um, super into it. They wanted to go on another business venture. And so we took the opportunity to buy it. And we had zero training aside from what we had seen from when we were employees. And now my wife was doing more of the managerial stuff at the old gym when we bought it, but she still didn't know all of the ins and outs of being a good business owner. She knew the ins and outs of running the gym the way that the previous owner wanted the gym run, but she didn't know everything she needed to know about taxes and business insurance and workers' compensation insurance and how to do budgeting and how, like she didn't know all of those things because she wasn't on the ins and outs of it. Um, she knew how to make the cost sheet. She didn't know why we charged what we charged. Um, and that was to our disadvantage. We just had no idea what we didn't know. You, we didn't know what we didn't know. And we thought we knew all the things we didn't want to do, which I think we did. We knew a lot of the, the mistakes we didn't want to make. Uh, and then we didn't even know some of the mistakes we were capable of making, or we didn't even think we could make them because we were overconfident and we were young and we just had not invested a lot of time in that. And neither one of us went to college to go into business. And even when you go to college for business, oftentimes you're talking about, you know, widgets and advanced concepts and not how to run a small business. So we didn't really know what we were doing. I went to school, I studied sociology and she went to school and got her master's in education. And so we weren't really ready for that. And we had no idea how to effectively really run the business or what the pitfalls were. And so we had to learn through a lot of trial and error. Some things we did were hugely successful and some things we did were epic failures. And we made a number of mistakes through the years and we had to do a baptism by fire. And I've talked in other episodes about my journey as a business owner and, you know, starting to get help, going to finding a coach and getting some coaching and then kind of advancing past where that coach wanted to, to go and then finding other avenues to continue to educate myself and grow as a business owner. And even still until recently, a lot of it has been still self-education um, but now knowing as a coach that I needed to be above and beyond, I had to really push that education level for myself. I had to be constantly voraciously reading books. I had to be collaborating with other really skilled owners and learning from them and gleaning information from them so I could become a better owner faster, uh, and also just learning through my own experiences. So I was, I was having to do all of those things continuously. And I really learned that as I looked at the amount of time and money I spent in investing in developing my staff, that I needed to invest as much or more time in developing myself and my wife as owners. And that is because there is an exponential return on investment on what's being learned to become a better business owner. It's, it's exponential in comparison to what we get for advanced training for our staff. So going back to that advanced training example, if I get a staff member who was previously a level three tumbling coach, they could coach up to and through a tuck, running tuck, standing series back handsprings. That's what they were competent in. They could spot those skills. They could coach those skills. And I spend a significant amount of money because it would take a significant amount of money and time training that coach up to be able to coach and spot fulls and double fulls and other twisting 
tumbling skills. I'm going to see the return on that. In, I'm going to maybe see a very, very minor, if any, return on investment there for that coach because the amount of people that are going to pay me to learn those skills is significantly lower than the amount of people that were paying me to learn the tuck. That's still a pretty common skill for high school athletes to be working on and youth age athletes to be working on. So my return on investment is relatively low there. Is there a return? Yes. Do I get to have more classes? Yes. Can they potentially coach a world's team? Sure. Does that potentially mean that I don't have to? Maybe, although I'm probably going to anyways, because I like coaching my world's team. Um, so could that be a larger return in that I free up some time? Yeah, sure. But we're talking a lot of theoreticals down here. Now, what is my return on investment if I learn to, as a business owner, how to improve my abilities in client retention and client acquisition? And I get better at marketing, acquiring new clients and retaining those clients for longer, which is therefore also now increasing my revenue generation and what is it if I learn how to increase my profit margins and be more profitable as a business? Or what if I expand my knowledge base and how to manage my staff better and get a better return on investment for what I am putting into my staff, what I'm paying my staff and getting more out of them for the hours that they are working and becoming a higher revenue generating staff member? If I can learn those things as a business owner, the impact, the positive return on investment for the business is vastly superior than that coach knowing how to spot a double fold. I mean, it's just, it's light years difference. So you have to be investing in growing yourself as a business owner. You have to be doing that. The knowledge you pick up and the knowledge uh, that you can then take and execute on, if you haven't listened to my episode on why being the smartest person doesn't mean you're going to be the best, that's an important one because knowledge is only one factor. The execution is the big piece. But if I'm, if I'm learning and growing as a business owner, and on top of that, I maybe have coaching and someone who can help me put those things into action and execute them, the return on investment is going to be vastly superior than the previous return on investment. So that brings me to kind of getting towards our conclusion. Okay. This is what we do in NextGen, right? Like, so obviously I'm passionate about it. And obviously I'm telling you, if you need help as an owner, take advantage of what we do with NextGen. We have so much just free content. Like I said, join our NG Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Group. Check out our blogs. Keep listening to this podcast. Go back and listen to all the old episodes. If this is your first one, go and listen to all the other ones. We, and we have so much other free content that comes out throughout the year. Like you've got to take advantage of those opportunities. We've done multiple guides. We've done a growth guide. We've done a um, one about how to delegate. Uh, we have another really amazing guide coming out this month. I mean, Danielle kills it with the information in these guides. It's absolutely amazing. I read them and get ideas. Like there's so much good stuff that you can get for free. And then on top of that, after that, if you've taken all that free content, come to our conference in Vegas. Okay. We have a conference in Vegas in January of 2023. You've got to come to it. We pride ourselves on our conference. There is no other conference like it in the industry. You will learn more at this conference than you will at any other conference, especially if you are an owner or manager 
but we also have coaches tracks. But we are going to help develop coaches not only in how to teach the skills, but how to retain athletes, how to gain more clients, why it is important for them to be invested on the business side and how that actually impacts their bottom line as a coach and their payroll and what is their incentive. Okay, but you can come to that conference. You can get so much amazing, amazing content and information. Make sure you take advantage of that. And lastly, if you're ready to join the academy and really have some explosive growth, then reach out to me. Hop on our website and chat with one of us or set up a time to talk to Justin. Like we can absolutely help you. You have to focus. You have to like do the cost to benefit analysis, analysis, right? If I spend this money developing my coaches, what am I going to get out of it? And if I spend this money developing myself as a business owner, what am I going to get out of it? You know, this... I've used this before and I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but I've talked about it in other presentations. When I was 18 years old, fresh out of high school, I got a job doing some specialized construction in the theater world because that was what I was really into was theater. And I was working for a company locally out of Portland that built rigging systems. And in on one of the jobs, we had to move this motor and the motor was suspended in the air. And so we took the scissor lip up, lift up and we connected the motor to the scissor lift and then we pulled it down. And I was with this other uh, employee, I think his name was Chase from what I remember. And he was like, hey, we'll just grab this thing and we'll just lift it off. And I was like, okay, I'm 18 years old. Now, I do not, did not look like what I look like now. I was like 135 pounds soaking wet. So I was not the biggest guy. Um, 5'10", 135 pounds. I was skinny. And I was like, okay, sounds good. I was strong. And so we grabbed the motor and I kind of have an awkward side of it and it starts to tip and I end up losing control of it and we both end up dropping it and it falls directly on my foot. Uh, and this is like a probably 300 pound ish motor it was not a good experience, uh, and broke my foot and uh, totally sucked. And I'm back there with a broken foot and me and, uh, Chase are sitting in our boss's office and I'm sitting there with a broken foot and our boss is lecturing us, right? I'm sitting there broken foot and all, and our boss is lecturing us and being like, what were you thinking? You know, you should have used a mechanical advantage, use a pulley, use something else. Like, why would you take it down by hand? And he's, you know, chewing Chase out because he's the senior guy and he should have been smarter. And he looks at me and he's like, Dan, I'm going to tell you something that it's going to help you for the rest of your life. And this is a really important thing to understand. When you are making a decision about something, you got to say, what do I win if I win? And what do I lose if I lose? And if the win doesn't outweigh the lose, then you probably shouldn't do that thing or you should find another way to do it so your win is a higher percentage. And that has stuck with me ever since that conversation. And I look at things that way. What do I win if I win? And what do I lose if I lose? And if the lose is greater than the win, then I need to align things so my win probability is higher and my win is a greater win than the potential loss. And we do that here, right? What do I win if I win? Well, if I win training this coach, then I get a little bit of extra money, but I have a higher trained coach that, great. What do I lose if I lose? I spend all this money on this coach. They don't retain the information. It doesn't create any more revenue. Or I spend all this money developing this coach. And now that they have this advanced skill set, they can leverage that to then go somewhere else and get employed at another location. And now I don't have that skill set because employees can go wherever they want and they can leverage their skills to go to other employment options, right? So that's if I lose. Now I look at 
investing in myself as a business owner. What do I win if I win? I increase my revenue. I increase my skills. I increase my knowledge base and my execution as a business owner. What do I lose if I lose? I lose some money and time, but I'm still the same business owner I was. And most likely I got some sort of knowledge. The win outweighs the lose. The win outweighs the lose every single time. And if I compare that to what do I win as a business owner versus what do I win as a training my coach, the business owner win is just so much higher. So leaving this episode, I want you to write down your top three weakest areas as a business owner. Is it in staff management, client acquisition and or retention, or revenue generation and profit? After you've written those that down, after you've done some brainstorming and written that down um, and like ranked them top three. Um, so after that, go to the NG Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Facebook group and search for those things. Search for the number one thing and see what you find. Then search for number two, see what you find. Search for number three, see what you find. In full transparency, I did not go to the Facebook group and test this. So you may find nothing based off of those terms, but you might find new members or client acquisition, or you might find retention and find some posts, right? See what you can find there. If you don't find as much as you would like, then reach out to one of us and we can send you some of our blogs that go over any one of these three because we have numbers of blogs or other content that do go over these. If you've read the blogs and you've searched our page and you think you found everything, then type those subjects into YouTube or into Google and see what you find and learn from those resources. There are a lot of really good people out there giving information, but you got to be careful. There are also a lot of bad people out there giving bad advice on these subjects. So I can't speak that, say that all of those align with the NG way and how we would do things, but you can definitely gain knowledge and you might find books, right? Find great books. Heck, go to that same group and look for Type in book and see what you find because we talk sometimes about the books that we're reading. Um, right now, I'm still in the process of digesting Thinking Fast and Slow, which is a really long book, but it's really good. And I am, I'm chipping away at it. I'm reading three books at the same time. Um, so I'm reading that. I'm reading a fictional book that is just a, a, a pleasurable book to listen to on Audible when I'm driving and I don't want to be business focused. And then I'm also reading... Uh, the Coach's Guide to Teaching, uh, which is another really, really phenomenal book that I've mentioned on other episodes, but it's super cumbersome and hard to digest as well. So those are books I'm reading right now, and I'm sure I'm going to add some more uh, to my repertoire here soon uh, that are a little bit more business focused because all of those are a little bit more theoretical and take a lot of processing to like dilute down into what it would take to apply those to my business. So I've given you a lot of information. At the end of the day, the, the message of this episode is invest in yourself as a business owner. You've got to invest in yourself as a business owner. That has to be one of the most number one things you spend money on outside of your fixed costs, the things you can't get away from. The next most important cost should be how do I improve myself as an owner? End of discussion. All right. Thank you all for listening to this episode. I truly appreciate it. I hope you loved it. If you did, leave us a five-star review. Share this podcast with another owner that may benefit from it. And if you're looking for another cheer-related podcast to listen to, check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins. A lot of great content, a lot of great guests that he interviews. 
And lastly, if you haven't gone and listened to the episode with Lieutenant Colonel Riddle, you've got to go listen to it. It is so good. He is a fascinating guy. His book is about to drop. I think it actually may have dropped even today. Go buy his book. Let's support him. A wonderful American hero, Air Force veteran, still in the Air Force serving. He's at the Pentagon right now. And he was kind enough to come on this podcast and share with us his knowledge. Such great stuff. Go listen to that episode. It's an amazing one on leadership. With that, thanks for joining and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.